the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. It's the Nick D Podcast. Indeed, you just heard that. I am your host, Nick DeGilio. Welcome. It's episode 171 here at the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Love the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I've been uh, working with these guys for a long time now and having a great time. Best podcast network in the world. Check out all the great, varying, entertaining, and dozens of amazing podcasts that are available here. And also streaming. We now have a 24-hour streaming service. It's just like the radio, but only cooler. Radiomisfits.live. 24 hours of unheard music from unheard bands and also incredible episodes of all the podcasts that are available at Radio Misfits, including mine. You can hear this podcast every day at 3 p.m. Central, broadcast live on radiomisfits.live. And you can hear my other podcast, my Saturday Night Live podcast. That show hasn't been funny in years, every morning at 9 a.m. Central. So you can hear my two podcasts and all the other podcasts available at Radio Misfits on a great streaming service that you should check out. It's free, radiomisfits.live. All right, it is episode 171 of the Nick D Podcast. Jim Ryan is going to join us. He's my buddy. He's my friend. He's your pal. He's the music guy. He writes music reviews and interviews great musicians, goes to concerts. We talk about his music experience. He is our music guy. He writes for Forbes, and he writes for the Daily Herald, and you can check him out at RadioJimRyan.com. Joins us once a month to talk music, and we've got a ton of music to talk about as we wind up the summer. Jim Ryan will be joining us, and then uh, the great Esmeralda Leon, my partner in crime, will be joining us. As we always do, we're going to bat some really fun stuff around and have a great time talking about uh, all kinds of cool stuff with Esmeralda, including weird celebrity rumors um, and uh, urban legends that we've heard over the years. So we're going to talk about that kind of stuff as well. And much more. Hey, you want to be a part of the Nick D Podcast? We want you to be a part of this thing that we love so much. We have a voicemail system that's set up 24-7, anytime, anyplace, anywhere, any time of day or night that you want to call and leave a message of any kind. We want you to do it. 773-417-6948. Leave your contributions or your questions or anything that you want, uh, and, uh, and, and we will listen to all of them and play some of them back on the podcast. 773-417-6948. Questions, comments, megaphone requests, all that cool stuff. Want to do it via email? You can do that, too. Email us, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. That phone number and that uh, email address reaches this podcast and my other podcast, my Saturday Night Live podcast. That show hasn't been funny in years, which you should listen to and subscribe to, especially if you're a fan of Saturday Night Live. Uh, new episodes drop every Wednesday at radiomisfits.com, and uh, it is a fun podcast to do. It's all about Saturday Night Live, and I love it, and uh, hopefully you guys are, uh, love it, too. And uh, so, yeah, see, so subscribe to that, too. Also, hey, uh, you want to be a sponsor on the podcast, you can do that, too. Um, you know, we, uh, we have a lot of listeners to this podcast. It'll help you out. You got something you want to advertise. You got a product. You want to be a sponsor. We want you to be that with us. So contact us, sales at radiomisfits.com. Say, I have a product. I want to be a sponsor. 
I want to advertise on the Nick D podcast. It'll be good for you. Trust me. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. So those are the way to get a hold of us. My thanks to Jason Skaggs, who does all the sound and the themes and the music and the weirdness. And my thanks to Ed Still and everybody at Radio Misfits. Please take the time to rate and review us. Spread the word. Subscribe. Like. All that cool stuff. It's the Nick D podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And uh, another fun episode is coming up. Oh, look who look who's here. Hi, oh. I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. Yes, she does. She does. Hi, I, 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 I Carrie. Hi, I'm it. Carrie Russell, and I love yeah. Nick's show. She's forgiven me for, for, uh, for not getting the trivia question right about her movie the other day. She's forgiven me. All is fine. So everything is good. Uh, by the way, uh, I am recording this a little bit earlier today than I normally would on a different day, because uh, if you live in Chicago and you know what's been happening this week, uh, we'll have a stretch of like two and a half days where it's going to be 9,000 degrees outside. That's the actual, that's the actual weather report. I, 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 I believe one of the weathermen on television said, yes, on Thursday it will be 9,000 degrees outside. I hate the summer. I hate it. I hate hot weather. I hate humidity. There are few things in this world that I hate more than the summer and hot weather. And you people who like this kind of weather, you're fucking nuts. There's no arguing it. It's not even, you can't, don't try to justify it. If you like weather that's over like 89 degrees and humid, you're a moron. And that's not up for debate. That's not an opinion. It's a fact. If you think 95 degrees and humid and sunny and hot is pleasurable, you're a moron. Fact, not opinion. So anyway, um, you know, this part of the apartment that I'm in is not well ventilated, and there is no air conditioning in this part of the apartment where I record. So I'm recording it early today because it's going to be 9,000 degrees, and you don't, I'm already, you hear how miserable I get when I just talk about hot weather? Imagine me trying to record a podcast with my friend Jim Ryan and my, one of my best friends, Esmeralda, while I'm hot and uncomfortable and thinking about how miserable and fucking horrible hot, shitty, disgusting summer weather is. So, you think I'm grumpy now? This is why I'm recording very early in the morning before the sun hits its peak and it's 9,000 degrees. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> so just a little behind the scenes. We're recording this a day early and a little bit earlier than normal because it's going to be so goddamn hot. So, I hate the summer. I can't wait till it ends. Uh, evidently, it's, it's not been a terrible summer for us in terms of heat here in Chicago. We've actually had it. You know, we've had it pretty easy this summer, but the next couple of days, we're going to get that shit hitting the wall. And again, if you like hot weather, fuck off. <laughs> That's basically it. So anyway, if it sounds a little bit different or if we sound, if we've got a little pep in our step, it's because it's early morning. Maybe you've had a little coffee. Maybe Esmeralda's going to drink a little coffee. Maybe Jim's going to have some coffee. Well, either way, we're doing it early. We're doing it a day early. We're recording this early. A little behind-the-scenes fact for you. Because otherwise, uh, everything in my apartment is going to be melted down to the bone. And all you jagoffs who like hot weather, uh, I, yeah, I don't understand it at all. So anyway, hot weather sucks ass, so we're recording early. A little behind-the-scenes uh, little behind the scenes story for you. So there you go. Okay. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. It's funny. She just came in through the back door, and she's like, I'm not staying out here during all this bullshit heat. She's got a T-shirt on that says hot weather sucks. That's why I love you, Hi, Carrie. Hi, I'm yes, Carrie I know, Russell, I know. and I right. love Nick's show. So anyway, summer is almost over. Thank God I cannot wait till it's... I would rather have 30 below, 100 below, and 77 inches of snow than hot weather. And that, it's not even, that's not even a thought. It's a type, if somebody was like, would you rather have cold weather or hot weather? Cold, without question. Not even a thought. God, I hate hot weather. All right, anyway. 
Well, there's an aside for you. Let's get let's let's make things pleasant, shall we? You know who makes things pleasant? Jim Ryan. Jim Ryan and I are going to talk about music right after I tell you that you should be congratulated. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jackoff. Treat for you, Jim Ryan. Oh, he is on the lion, Jim Ryan. I am about to pour a big bowl of Jim Ryan down your ear hole. Jim Ryan. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Have you ever met a man named Jim? Last name Ryan. Or last name Ryan. First name Jim. Well, this particular one, well, he writes concert reviews. Interviews musicians in golf fancy shoes. Now's the time we turn up the microphone louder so we can hear what Jim Ryan has to say. fails to I break out the glow sticks every time Jim and I bust out the I bust out the molly as soon as uh, as soon as we start here how you doing Jim I'm good I today I'm breaking out the uh, window unit air conditioner that's what I'm breaking out yeah for those people who uh, and Jim you probably don't know this because I've told folks already in the other segments of this that we are recording this early uh, early because the heat wave of 2023 that's going to be hitting Chicago is going to last about two days <laughs> And uh, like two intense days. Um, so we decided that we would record early on day one of the heat wave instead of later on day two as we had scheduled. So that's, that would not be good considering I live in a, you know, I live in a goddamn sauna. So um, how is your place uh, uh, doing? How are you? So far, the, uh, the window units are, uh, are doing their job, but we'll, we'll see if that job. continues. I figured the key would be to not wait until it starts getting hot in here. So they've yeah. been going for, you know, like... 24 hours already. Right, right. So when the electric we'll, bill comes we'll in, in, the electric bill comes yeah. at the end of September, you're going to be like, son of a bitch. But, I'm going to uh, move. <laughs> but, right, but right now, yeah, you're going to move without paying. i got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> going to have it disconnected, yeah. yeah Somebody exactly. else's problem. Uh, Jim Ryan is with us. He writes about music for Forbes and for Daily Herald, and uh, he is RadioJimRyan.com and all that cool stuff. Uh, been busy uh, here. I'm looking at uh, the concerts yeah. that you went to and the interviews, man. You've been having some crazy busy stuff happening. <laughs> It's been quite a summer, yeah. It's uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's get to some of it, shall we? Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, you haven't uh, you haven't done this yet because you just got off the phone with Andy Summers very briefly. <laughs> right. Uh, Andy Summers being you know the guitarist for the greatest band ever, The Police, uh, and he rules. And who is that now? Is that two out of the three? That's two of the three. <laughs> two of the three, and the other one you don't want to talk to because you don't like him. But uh, uh, I have no problem talking to uh, to Gordon. I can t- I can speak okay. with Gordon. Okay, you speak to Gordon, but it's only going to be until like 1983, and then you're going to go. I don't want to talk about anything post 1983. We are even. only going to talk about the police at Comiskey Park, which I yeah. miss dearly, and that's it. That's all we're going to yeah, talk that's about. That's it. Just police at Comiskey Park. That's it. Not even Dune. You won't even talk to him about Dune. You got to talk to him about Dune. <laughs> 
if it's a video call, if it's a Zoom call, and I can hold up photos from Dune, yeah. from, uh, Dune yes. That would be the first question yes. I'd ask him. He'd be so pissed. Like, if I had Sting, that, Sting, you know, to talk to Sting, I'd be like, all right, first thing is, well, what was it like working on Dune? He'd be like, I'm leaving now. So That, you know, the, the tantric arts. Is it an art? What do we, what do we refer to that as? I don't know. It's something. Guy, can anyway. he still bang for 10 hours? Is that the thing? Can I hope so. God, God, not in this kind of heat. But no, yeah. not in this kind of heat. Well, I bet he's just like, oh, I'm on hour seven. I'm fine. Anyway, Somebody so Andy Summers. some water. Sorry, Sorry yeah. <laughs> Uh, Andy Summers, what's uh, what? So first of all, what was the occasion? And uh, and well, you don't need an occasion to talk to goddamn Andy Summers. He's the best, right? Um, he's coming to town for a couple shows here in the Chicagoland area. Okay, which is very exciting. Are you are you going to go to any of these? Uh, I I would I would hope I would I would go. When is it? Do we know? Do we have the dates? Do we know? Yeah, I'm pulling up the pulling okay. up the dates here. As Andy Summers, speak. guitarist for the Police, who is. Uh, you know, done some soundtrack work, and he's written a book, and he's done. Uh, he's worked with Robert Fripp. He's been in other bands. He's incredibly uh, talented. Yeah, he and he's been busy. He's uh, in twenty twenty one. He put out a book of short stories that he had worked about three years on. That was kind of his pandemic thing. Yeah. Uh, and he's also got a brand new book of photography out called At a Glance, which kind of compiles a lot of his photography over the years. Um, it seems to be focused kind of specifically on photos in which you can see somebody's face. And it kind of sets a bunch of different moods. It's he calls it his favorite uh, photography collection so far. But um, when he's in scenic Skokie, Nick, on September eighth, oh. and even more scenic Urbana, Illinois, the next day ah. on September 9th, okay, he will be putting together kind of a multimedia show that oh, ties cool. all this together. Where so in he plays Skokie? The North Shore Center for the Performing oh, sure. Arts. I've been there. It's a great space. Uh-huh. I saw Lindsey Buckingham there. It was great. Yeah, great, great, um, great, great space. September 8th, Andy Summers in, uh, at North Shore Performing Arts. That's very cool. And so he did this this show kind of, I guess, he plays, if he runs a bunch of photos of the Sahara, for instance, which he said he will, he then uh-huh. plays tea in the Sahara. I, I, would, I would imagine um, so, yes. Is he going to show any pictures of the moon? And then... I- <laughs> I hope so. God is he going to do that? No. Is he going to? How about this? Here's a big question. He wrote this one. Yeah. Is he going to show any pictures of his mother? And then uh... Uh, I haven't seen one yet in this new uh, in this new collection. Okay. Because we'll, we'll you know that's a pretty goddamn good song off of Secretist. Mm-hmm. He wrote that one. Yeah. But he's tell he's reciting some of the short stories. He's playing and he's running. A yeah. lot of his photography during the show, so that's it's a awesome. Now, I multimedia extravaganza. I interviewed him years ago. I interviewed him like in 06, and he was mm-hmm. fantastic. I had him in studio, and it was amazing. And it was about his his memoir. Uh, yeah. Was so Which was he fun to talk book, to? Yeah. Was he fun to talk to? He's excellent. Yeah. It's. I mean, he's one of the like. In the last couple of years, I've spoken with a lot of these artists who are getting up there in age, and every now and then there's there's one or two who stick out as being particularly sharp. Uh, Andy turns 81 on New Year's Eve, That's amazing. which is incredible. It's yeah. very hard to believe. He's 10 it years is. older than his bandmates. Yeah. Uh, and he's just still, he's so sharp. It's, yeah. I can't wait to see the show, actually. I mean, he, That's cool. hearing him passionately speak about it, I'm really excited to see it. I remember him sort of being, you know, like the, because I've read everything that there is to know about the police and everything. Yeah. And he was always sort of like the, the older brother or the father figure, mm-hmm. you know, like Sting and Sting and Stuart used to slap each other around and knock shit over. And, and Andy would sit there and go, just grow up for Christ's mm-hmm. sake. You know, like that was the thing. <laughs> so, well, that's cool. So when is that going to run the interview with Andy Summers? Uh, that will run probably mid September, mid to late September, um, because we're going to, I think, photograph that show. So oh, it'll cool. be kind of a piece that puts all this stuff together. Yeah. And we're looking at that at Forbes. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, look for that in September in Forbes with, uh, with the concert and with uh, Jim's review and a bunch of pictures with Andy Summers. So that's cool. That was a nice way to spend your hot eve- morning. That's pretty that's good. That's not a bad, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that you had to follow it up with a jag-off like me. I, uh, I apologize. <laughs> I got to follow Andy Summers? Jesus. Uh, and uh. Bernie Taupin was yesterday. Bernie oh, Taupin yesterday, God. Andy Summers. <laughs> Holy crap. Hey, by the way, yeah. by the way, even though you got the window units in. How often does the train go by? So often you won't even notice it. <laughs> well, and, and in this particular instance, you're hearing a helicopter. That's what I thought. I'm, that's what I'm I, sure I, the train will come, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a helicopter. Why I'm is there, looking are they looking right for you? What are you, Harrison I don't know Ford? what that what is. That, it's a very large helicopter, too. This wow. isn't uh, right. It's not one of the news ones I used to be in. It's not a CPD <laughs> one. I don't know what that is. Oh, that's Crazy. right. For people who don't know, you did ride up in the helicopter when you were doing traffic, right? <laughs> I did do that, yeah. Yeah, was that fun? Many. Like, hey, here's your traffic report from Jim Ryan. As I always put it, it beats being in a cubicle during the day or, or in an apartment where it's approximately 97 degrees. Well, yeah, me too. I'm with you. But so, now I see I, I wouldn't be able to do that because I'm scared shitless of heights tonight. I don't feel uh, I am too, by the way. No, come on. <laughs> I'm How did serious. you do that? You're in one of them helicopters hanging out like a loon like it's numb. What, that, uh, first, what? that first day, oh. I, they, they looked at the pilot. I had never met the pilot or the camera person, and they both looked right at me, and they're like, are you afraid of heights? I'm like, nope. And uh-huh. that was a lie. <laughs> Did they were they able to tell? Like when you got up I, there, were you, I don't know. By the and time you went three, when you when you went through your third pair of pants, I think they probably said, "Yeah, this guy." This, oh, there it you. is! Wait, there's the train. Hold on a second. Wait. There's a train go by. So often you won't even notice it. Yeah. There it is, man. Right on cue. Holy shit! The double shit. play. The that double play there. Fantastic helicopter oh. followed by train. Holy shit! <laughs> Oh, it's incredible. Wow. It's like the air and water show is still That's, going it on. Is, oh, Jesus, I yeah. hate that. All right, let's not get on to that. Let's not get on yeah, to yeah. that. Okay, uh, before we uh, jump into a, a bunch of stuff, I, I feel mm-hmm. I need to tell you that my lady friend, I have a lady friend now, uh, Ooh, which, okay. is, which is extraordinarily weird. Um, but she went to her first Bruce Springsteen show ever. Ooh, okay. Uh, on Friday night. So she went the second night. Yeah, that's when uh, I was there. Okay. Last week, she went on Friday night, and you did review it. Uh, uh-huh. But you also, the night before, you went to Max Weinberg's jukebox at the Park West. Yeah. So um, Julie, uh, my, my lady friend, uh, had never seen Bruce Springsteen before and was like, you know, in the middle, like, okay, Bruce Springsteen, whatever. She went because a friend was from in from out of town with her son, and she was like, I'm going to go. The, the helicopter's making another pass, but Oh, okay. Well, well <laughs> it's, I can, it's, it's fine. It's, uh, we're okay. Go but ahead. she had never gone before, and she was completely, it was like one of the best, she said, one of the best concerts she's ever seen. And she's like in the middle on Bruce, like not the biggest Bruce fan in the world. And it was her okay. first time seeing him after many, many years. And she was incredibly impressed. Now, I know a lot of people who are Bruce Springsteen fans who went both nights and thought it was great. And you've seen him before, obviously. Mm-hmm. And what did you think what, what, on, on that Friday night? How, what was your thought of your thoughts on that show? Yeah, I loved it. And I was really excited to go back to Wrigley because the first two times I saw Bruce were at Wrigley Field. And I don't think I necessarily got Bruce until those Wrigley shows and seeing it live and those were under optimal circumstances. He, his guests that he brought out both of those nights in 2012 were Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine and Eddie Vedder. So it's yeah. hard to beat, hard to beat that experience. Um, yeah. But I saw him a couple years later, I think it was like 2016. He came through, it's the last time he came through Chicago and he did the river in full, which I love the river. It's great, but it was the wrong venue. It was at the United Center. It's this introspective uh, singer songwriter yeah. album and yeah. it just dragged at times at the United Center. It's not the most. It's, it's not the. You don't. You don't. When you listen no. to the river after afterwards, you're not going to do a happy dance when you right. listen to the river. That's not. That's not, <laughs> that's not something you're going to do. But that is a weird environment to do the to do that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I was very excited to see him again in a place where you know he's going to deliver yeah. the hits, where you know it's going to be this communal experience with 40,000 people, which it very much was at Wrigley Field. So I, I loved it. I thought yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, Julie could not speak more highly of it. She just had a, she had the grandest time, which is, which is awesome. Now, but you went the night before to see Max Weinberg, uh, his jukebox at Park West. I did. Um, and and what was what's the setup for that? Like I know it's the night off. They played Wednesday, you know, and then they played Friday. So Max decided to play on Thursday at the Park West. And now was there was there was there a, a buzz in the air that maybe Bruce was going to show up, that kind of thing or I'm know? sure that was kind of yeah, on people's minds um doing it the off night like he did. He doesn't do this very often. He kind of and this just wound up being a perfect storm that enabled him to do it. He doesn't really tour with a band per se. But he does these shows under the moniker Max Weinberg's Jukebox. I think yeah. I think the last time he was in Chicago, he did it at City Winery in like 2018, maybe. Yeah. But in this particular circumstance, a, a band, a couple guys he knows from New Jersey are in a band called The Weaklings, and they were performing at the Fest for Beatle fans. Beatle Fest oh, was taking sure. place in Rosemont. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they just they just happened to be in town oh, and were cool. able to back him. So they did a show at Park West. Yeah, it was kind of the perfect storm but it's really interactive he he could him and the band they put up a list of songs you know a list of artists and basically the the crowd kind of puts together the set list and they just they just take it from there which is oh, that's really, cool. really cool now you know esmeralda and i were, were were discussing how you know we're not the biggest bruce springsteen fans but we like max weinberg a lot because he was in conan's band sure and uh and so we were like you know we'd be more excited like everybody's excited like if bruce showed up Esmeralda and I would have shit our pants if Conan O'Brien showed up. That would have been like the, <laughs> that would have been amazing. That yeah. would have been the big thing for us. Uh, but yeah, so so that's that's pretty cool. And then you got to speak with him for a little bit, just briefly. Yeah, we had a we we did a photo. Uh, we're going to be running. I think I, if I can get the guy on the phone, uh, as you may have heard, he's a little busy at the moment. But um, yeah, I think we're going to do a bigger piece uh, to run that kind of focuses on those solo endeavors. So we'll get into Conan a bit. We'll get into Max Weinberg's jukebox shows and how he, how all that kind of came along. But what we talked about briefly at Park West was just how excited he was to be back at Wrigley Field. He's like, you know, it's, there aren't, there aren't a lot of, you know, vintage ballparks like this left. Look at everything that's happened since we were here in 2012. I'm sure he was referring to the world series win. Yeah. Yeah. So he just said that the, the he said, I believe the way he put it was there was an air of anticipation within the East street band. Yeah. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, that's these guys cool. still get excited about this stuff. That's yeah. always well, nice I mean, to hear. Wrigley's pretty legendary, man. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we, we, you know we, we kind of take it for granted, but Wrigley is like the greatest ballpark in the world. So yep. uh, we do take that for granted. But anyway. All right, well, cool. So you got to see Max Weinberg uh, at uh, Park West and then Bruce at uh, – Now, now um, so Wednesday night is the night that he actually did the, the Robbie Robertson tribute. Um, Bruce, I, yeah. he. The set list really isn't changing on this tour, which some of the – Springsteen diehards are a little annoyed by. Yeah. Um, so he played the same songs, but yeah, he did the he did the Robbie dedication Wednesday. Yeah, boy, that was something too. Losing Robbie Robertson um, this past. There's week. been so many lately. It's I this know. whole year has been crazy. It's been sad, man. It's been ridiculous. It seems like every other week somebody's going. Uh, but Robbie mm-hmm. Robertson, big, uh, you know, and we'll get to hear his the final score that he composed for Scorsese's uh, film, which comes out. Nice. Um, I mean, there's what there. one one member of the band left now, right? Yeah, I just think one of the original of the original band. band. Yeah, yeah. There's just there's Richard just Manuel. Exactly. Is it, is it Richard? Is, I, I think I think you're crazy. right. I think that's right. Yeah, I think you're right. So anyway, uh, all right. Well, Bruce Springsteen kicked ass at uh, at uh, at Wrigley, and then Max Weinberg. You, did you go to Pink? I did not go to Pink. Uh, I've seen Pink before, and she's excellent. Mm-hmm. She um, played the night after, so she it was, and then and then uh, somebody else just played. Uh, 
Wrigley. Who the hell just somebody else just played? Yeah, Wrigley? what it was it? Uh, Shit, I can't was it Nick Jonas? No, is it uh, Harry Styles? Maybe I don't one, know. One, one of those of the pop stars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you know, so one of those guys showed up. Now, but more importantly, you went to Brett Michaels' party girl. <laughs> Now, we got to get to that. Forget Bruce Springsteen, Max Weinberg. Forget Andy Summers. Screw those guys. Brett Michaels Party Gras, baby. <laughs> what the hell is that? Explain that to everybody who was there. I love your description of it that you sent me in the email that you sent me, uh, telling me you know bullet points as to what we're going to talk about. But you, my friend, I, I want to hear so much about Brett Michaels Party Gras, baby. I can't even describe to you how excited. Tell me about it. He, he's trying to create... We'll we'll see if it works. Considering that tickets for Tinley Park were available on StubHub for five dollars the night of the show, we'll we'll see if this has enough staying power to come back for oh. year two. But what he's trying to do is create a Lollapalooza type, you know, traveling festival thing. Yeah, with a little older demographic, um, right? As as catered to by Night Ranger. Yeah, Jefferson Starship. Who's left in Jefferson? Because everybody uh, who's, who's <laughs> Because it's what is Mar- Marty Balin's dead, right? He, I think they're all pretty much dead. There's one Paul guy. Can- Paul Cantner's dead. I mean, Grace Slick dead. was there, right? Grace Slick was there. No, no, Grace Slick <laughs> no. wasn't even there. No, she's alive. I know she's, she's alive. Not... <laughs> I know. Wait. Uh, against all odds, she's alive. Uh, yeah, Grace. Grace is. Re- Let's see. I'm trying. I'm looking up the lineups right now. Who the hell? Wow. Okay. Now you know I went to go see. <laughs> did, I, did I? I haven't talked to you since I went to go see. We haven't talked since I went to go see Foreigner and Loverboy. Right, you texted me that day, and yeah. I got a bit. I was a little. I don't remember what the hell I was going to instead, but I was a little jealous. And that was at that was at the at the incredible Tinley Park facility as well. Oh yeah. Uh, are you aware that there's not one fucking original member of Foreigner in that band? Uh, yeah, which is pretty amazing. Um, they are they are almost very literally a cover band. They are a cover band, and I because and, I thought Mick Jones was going to be there, and I because I know that he sporadically shows up on the tour, and I had heard oh he's going to be playing in Chicago, and I went okay cool at least Mick Jones will be up there. And then as soon as they started, I'm like, Mick Jones isn't up there. And it was a goddamn cover band. And by the way, are you familiar with this guy, the lead singer of Foreigner? Yeah, Kelly something or other. What's what a jag-off this guy is. Have you, have, you, have you ever seen Have you seen him? Yeah, hey. I saw Foreigner. <laughs> I saw Foreigner in Dallas, Texas uh-huh. prior, prior to a NASCAR race. <laughs> well, that's right. We talked about that. That's right. <laughs> so did this jag-off take 15 minutes between songs and do every goddamn lead man you know, lead singer rock cliche ever. Oh God! I, I, you know what? Luckily, it was a short set, so probably not. Unbelievable, it was... dude! It was unbelievable. Like every <laughs> he was, he would not shut the fuck up, and it was like everything he said was lead singer one hundred and one insincere oh, bullshit. Where he wouldn't shut up. At one point, they did like an acoustic set. Like they brought, he goes, we're going <laughs> to take what it everyone's to- been clamoring yeah, for. Yeah, he's like, we're going to take it down a little bit, man. And he brought oh, everybody good. down and they all sat on stools and then he jived with them for a few minutes. Like, hey, you know, like, uh, by the way, man, we just want to make sure that you know this. He's, he's ser- he seriously said this, Jim. I want to make sure that you know this. We're playing our instruments, man. Nothing's on tape. These mics are live. I'm like, get <laughs> yeah. the fuck. Get, get we, out of we, here. we didn't we didn't play on the songs originally, but we are yeah, playing on them exactly, tonight. <laughs> exactly. And so, like, he's introduced the band. This guy, Pete, he, he's one of the best best bass players in the world. You know him from Dockin. I'm like, get the fuck off this thing. You know him from Dockin. Get out of here. So this guy would not shut up. Okay, and as a cover band, they were good. You know, they sounded like Warner. Sure. They played. They were good. But this guy would not shut up at the end when they came out for the encore because they haven't played. Uh, you know, I want to know what love is yet, and they got to get the entire audience <laughs> to sing that. So he comes out and and he starts crying. 
I'm not. I'm the not singer? kidding you. Yeah, he's like, it's been, why? Yeah, so many people have supported us through all these years. I'm like, dude, you haven't even been in the fucking band for say, all these. Years. I'm like, how long has he been in the band? 2008, I think. Oh God, you gotta be Jesus. No, and then oh, at one God. point during the acoustic set, he goes, I wrote this one. I'm like, well, piss break, because nobody's gonna know this. <laughs> you wrote this in 2008. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody cares about songs that were written after 1979. You know, not no, wow. no 82 or 83. No, 84 or 85. Something. Yeah, I want to know what love is. I mean, that's yeah. what, Footloose? Yeah. What are we yeah. talking there, 83? Yeah. 83, 84. Because when 4 came out, 4 and 4 was 82, I think. So, yeah. Now, I'm going to see Lou Graham, by the way. Where's that at? Uh, at Displays Theater. Of course it is. Okay. So, I'm going to see Lou Graham because I was like, after this, I'm like, well, I got to see the real dude now. You know what I mean? Like, I can't listen to this jag-off talk, you know, for 20 for an hour and a half yeah you know yeah. i've got to see lou graham and apparently he can still he's still got the he's still got the he's still got the chops lou graham interesting so they just yeah. hate each other or what's the drill yeah, i don't know he's he then? well you know he was sick for a while lou graham was out for a while and now you know they're i mean they're old these guys are old so these guys when they came out on stage the the oldest guy on stage was like i don't know my age he was like 55 58 you know well, speaking of old i'm looking at grace Slicker. and yeah. she will turn she will turn 84 in october okay well then that's why she wasn't there but so well, real quickly, I, let me just say one of the reasons. Let me just tell you really quickly before we get back to Brett Michaels' party, uh, fucking <laughs> gras. Let me just tell you, but the, the worst part of the concert, besides this guy not shutting up. Oh the entire yeah, yeah, time. yeah. Okay, please, here please. we go. All right, now, so when I say to you, Jim, when I say to you, Jim Ryan, yeah. what's the first thing that pops into your head when I say the song "Urgent"? What's the first thing that pops into your head? Uh, was it on like a Burger King ad? Like a, at no, some point? no, about the song. It's about the song, the, the actual song. What's the what? What stands out for you about the song "Urgent"? One of the, the saxophone the live sax. Ex. There you go, okay. my friend. Okay, <laughs> one of the greatest saxophone solos in the history of a rock song is in "Urgent," okay. arguably one of the yeah. greatest saxophone solos. Beautifully performed, classic. Comes in, comes in. The song is great. "Urgent" is a great song, and one of the reasons why it's pushed over the top into greatness is because of that goddamn sax solo. Yeah. Okay, so these idiots are on stage, and I'm with Julie and a couple of other people, and I lean back and I'm like, which one of these jagoffs is going to play the salt? Was going to play the sax? Don't tell urgent. me. Don't tell. So, backing track. Oh no! Oh, oh, oh wait! No, 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 John. The gym. It gets. But hold on. It gets even. It's better. So he. So we're we're, we're waiting. I'm waiting. Okay. So so they start playing urgent. They're like, all right, man, it's time to get urgent. You know, and he's like doing that kind of shit where he's segueing <laughs> into songs. You know, like 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 he's a DJ. So they're playing Urgent, great song, and then I don't see anybody on stage near or with a saxophone the entire yeah. song. And I'm like, what the fuck? And he goes, all right, man, are you ready? And they're building up to the sax solo, because everybody knows the sax solo is coming up. It's like I said, legendary. So they're building up to the sax solo, and he says, this idiot on the lead singer goes, are you ready for something revolutionary? <laughs> oh, God. Are you ready for something revolutionary and something different? Get ready, Not everybody. from you. It's time to get revolutionary, and it's about to kick in, and this Jagoff comes out with a keytar. Oh. And he played the fucking solo on a keytar. I was like, that's wow. it. I'm done. And, you know, and he's, and he's like, <laughs> and he's like, he looks like fucking Howard Jones. He's out playing one of the greatest saxophone solos in the history of music with a goddamn keytar. And that summed up the whole show. That oh, summed wow. up the whole thing. I mean, By the way, Lo Loverboy kicked ass. They were fucking great. Okay. And they looked like they're 90. Mike Reno weighs about 600 pounds yeah, now. Yeah, I saw them. But, I saw them right before the pandemic in but, uh, Waukegan. But he can still belt. They, they played the hits. They're all original members. All those dudes on stage were at the band. You know, they're all. So they're all, that's like the real deal. Like, hey, you want to see an old band? Here they are. And they played all the hits. They played them well. And it was fucking great. 
And then nice. Foreigner comes out, and it's a it's a you know it's a tribute band with a guitar instead of a saxophone. That's pretty much the whole deal. All right. <laughs> so so anyway. wow, that is a deal, all right. Yeah. Now, did they not? Did they play Urgent at the at the fucking racetrack? Do you remember them playing? Yeah. Urgent? Oh yeah, they played. They rolled out the hits at the racetrack. Yeah. yeah. Did, did the guy come out looking like Howard Jones with a guitar? Uh, I don't remember the guitar okay. part. Okay, all right. I feel I, like I'd remember that. But he did. I, I, he does seem to think that it's revolutionary to have a guitar. Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's just cheaper. <laughs> that means that means someone in the band played the guitar because they don't want to play pay some asshole to play the sax every night absolutely for right. forty five seconds. That's all what right. that is. All right. Well, let's get yeah. back to. It. We got completely sidetracked. But Brett Michaels, more importantly, Brett Michaels, party gras. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, man. Tell me about uh, some of the crazy. See, you got you got Mark McGrath of Sugar Ray. You got Night Ranger. <laughs> you got whoever's left alive in um, in in, uh, in in Jefferson Starship. And who else? So, yeah. And then uh, Steve Augeri, who do you know who Steve Augeri is? He's one of the Steves that replaced Steve in Journey. He, right? Yeah, he's literally a guy Neil Sean hired to replace Steve Perry because his name sounded like Steve Perry, Steve Augeri, Steve Perry. They're both named Steve, <laughs> last names rhyme. Pre-internet, that may have worked. I don't know. Uh-huh. Okay, gotcha. But we're in different times now, and it doesn't yeah. work. But that guy was there, and he came out and played Journey songs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that, so again, he, so much, just, like, just, much like Foreigner, songs yeah. he never recorded. <laughs> yeah, But he did, exactly. he did sing, you know, at like the, you know, Kansas State Fair probably in 1992 or something. Gotcha. All right. Now, how was Mark McGrath? Because I, you know, I have to tell you, I'm actually, I don't like Sugar Ray, but I like Mark McGrath, like as a personality. I like him. I think he's funny. Access Hollywood? What do you like? I like him on Access Hollywood. I think he's funny. I enjoyed him because he is the champion of Rock and Roll Jeopardy. And I enjoyed oh, him on Rock. Okay, well, I yeah, okay. I, I enjoy I enjoy Mark McGrath. I think he's I think he's an entertaining guy. Now Sugar Ray, on the other hand, I don't want his music, but um, yeah. So I how remember was... uh, I remember Dave Mustaine being pretty pretty great at Rock and Roll Jeopardy too. By the way, but that's he was a different. Yeah, rant. he was. And and by the way, you're you know who the host was of Rock and Roll Jeopardy? Yeah, Jeff Probst. That's exactly right. <laughs> Pre Survivor. <laughs> That's when people right. say Jeff Prost to me, I don't say Survivor. I say Rock and Roll Jeopardy. Rock and Roll Jeopardy. That's, Absolutely. That's right. Uh, I remember one Dave yeah. Mustaine had built up such a lead that even though he blew Final Jeopardy, Final yeah. Music Jeopardy, he still won. And I remember what the question was, and I remember what his answer was. Well, holy shit. Let's hear it. What was it? What's the question? It was something along the lines of the, the first and only number one song that began with the letter X. I didn't know it. Do you, do you know it? The, it's the first and only number one song that began with the letter X. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, xylophone. <laughs> xylophone. X-ray man with X, the X-ray vision. X-ray. It I don't was, know. Uh, it was Xanadu by Olivia oh, John. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I thought you were going to get it, actually. God yeah. damn it. Of course. I should have gotten that. What a dickhead. I should have. Now I'm disappointed with myself. Would you like to know what Dave Mustaine clearly, <laughs> clearly he didn't know and was just throwing something out there? What do you mean? X in Sex by Kiss. <laughs> now, it's let's put the X in Sex right. by Kiss. <laughs> what he wrote down was X in Sex. I yeah. love that you remember that. <laughs> I absolutely love. There are so many things that I find endearing about you, Jim. Thank that's you. Ju- that's jumped up near the top. Is that you remember? <laughs> What fucking Dave Mustaine wrote on an episode of Rock and Roll Jeopardy, and it was X and Sex by Kiss. Wow. Okay, yep, so put, people could put get it on in my for, tombstone. People could get in for five bucks to see Brett Michaels' <laughs> yeah. Party Girl. Was it even worth five bucks? 
It was worth five bucks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so here's here's where Brett Michaels is at these days, by the way. Uh, okay. Opening last couple summers on that stadium tour with, with Def Leppard and, you know, the, the recordings that were played while Motley Crue stood there and mimed. Yes, yes. Poison Poison would do about a half hour, 45 minutes. So 10, 11 songs, you know, they, they rock out some unskinny bop and they get the hell out of there. And by, in fairness, they were great. They killed. What I'm What is apparent to me now this summer after having seen Party Gras is that that's all Brett Michaels has. Oh, is man. about 10 or 11 songs. Yeah. The set he yeah. put forth in Tinley Park was 13 songs. And of those 13, okay, of the 13 song set, he was off the stage entirely during two Steve Augeri songs. Steve performed two Journey songs in the middle of Brett Michaels' set. <laughs> oh, my God. And he was off the stage playing bongos while Mark McGrath did Fly. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I'm, pardon Not, me, did, three, three, Steve O'Jerry came out two different times and did Journey okay. songs, so All right. three songs there, one, two, two for <laughs> Mark McGrath. So of those 13 songs, Brett Michaels was out there for like eight of them. Eight, eight songs, okay. <laughs> did he bring out any of the, did he bring out any of the sluts from his tour bus from that show, the Brett Michaels Rock of Love? Remember, remember Rock of Love? Oh, I remember on VH1. Yes, yeah, uh, he VH1. did not. Did he, he didn't bring out any of the any of the any of the hookers from that uh, from that. He show? brought out a large grouping of veterans to stand on stage behind him as he played "Something to Believe in" by Poison. That was what I, he brought out. Good lord! All right, well, okay, well, all right. So there's Brett Michaels' party gras, uh, worth all five bucks. Okay, <laughs> yeah. But, but now, hey, wait, by the way, real fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Jeffrey, do you know who's singing for Jefferson Star? Oh no, I don't. Who is it? I can't. Okay, I'm sorry. One it's more time. It's Kathy Richardson, who's from Ch- Kathy Richardson, who's Kathy Richardson, who's from Chicago. No, wait, that Kathy Richardson. Uh huh. She's she has sang for Jefferson Starship since 2008. Holy shit! I didn't know that. She, wow. Mm-hmm. And she was she was really good. She oh, nails okay. the great slick parts, you know. And they did, they did. We built this city, you know, all the oh, big God. Starship oh, hits, oh, Nick. God. So. Oh God. <laughs> we built this city. Oh my mm-hmm. God. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah, Brett Michaels, so go. Party Gras, coming to a town near you for five bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right. Now, listen, you went to Quebec for the Quebec City f- Summerfest. And I bring this up only because you saw fucking Saga, but you weren't yes. paying attention to Saga. I, I was paying attention for the most part. All right, because you took it a was, picture. It was also it was storming. It, it was raining, and you took a picture, and you were not looking at the stage. And I was like, do you understand <laughs> that motherfucking Saga is playing behind you? And I, yeah, I, I wanted you, to you, capture. The, I wanted to capture the moment. Now, uh-huh. now you're making me feel like. Uh, well, I don't know if you know that, how the much people I that love. Miranda Lambert yelled at. I, for I don't know exactly. Selfies. Exactly. I don't know if you. I don't know if you know my love for Saga. I'm not sure. I think we've talked about this. And selfies? No. And uh, no Saga. I've just. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know my love for Saga. I that's do. Crazy. I'm familiar. That, that nobody in America likes except me. Correct. So, did you even? Are you familiar with Saga or anything? Did you watch? Yeah, Saga? yeah. No, I knew. I knew. Yes, I knew of Saga, and I knew, and I went in and watched the set. Um, Saga would not allow any photographers to shoot their performance, which I that's, find they're in Quebec, man. That's hilarious. Their, you know, yes, they're seriously in Quebec. It's like seeing Springsteen at Wrigley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's fucking Saga, man. You don't play around with Saga. Saga, Tom Cochran. I mean, this was really you had you had the best that Canada had to offer, and the best that America had to offer. And Triumph, Triumph is Canadian too. Mm-hmm. Triumph is Canadian as well. Tri- Triumph, Triumph, Saga, Tom Cochran. Yeah. Come yeah, on, man! I would impressive. be there all day. 
I'd be there all day, eating back bacon and fishing. I would be, it would be great. <laughs> nah, but the but Foo Fighters were there. Weezer was there. Imagine Dragons, yeah. like actual bands that people give a shit yeah, yeah. about. Except yeah. So tell me a little Animals bit about and- that. Uh, it was it was great. You know, this this festival, this was kind of fascinating to me because I didn't really know much about the festival model in Canada versus the festival model in the U.S. Yeah. Canada really supports the arts in a way that the American government does not. Mm-hmm. So would you care to guess? Now, this festival goes on for 11 days, not Holy four shit. like Lollapalooza. 11 three, days? Like, right, festival. 11? 11 days. Wow. Yeah. You can buy an 11-day general admission pass and go wow. all 11 days. Would you Would you care to guess, given that like a Lollapalooza four-day pass costs like $450 or something or whatever so it is? So 11 days? 11 days, yeah. Do you want to guess? I don't know, grand? 140 Canadian, which came out to 106 U.S. dollars. That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's, That's unbelievable, un- yeah. man. So. That's wow. first. You're in this beautiful setting in Quebec City, right? And it's 106 bucks for an 11 day pass. That's incredible. And they know that not everyone's going to be able to go all 11 days, so the pass is interchangeable. So if you and I looked at the the lineup and you went, "Well, I got to see Saga on oh. Friday," and I went, "Well, I can't, I can't go that day, but I really do want to go see, you know, the Imagine Tom Dragons." Cochran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's more likely to come out of my mouth. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> then I could give the pass to you. I could give the pass to whoever. Oh, that's so cool. The passes cool. are interchangeable. So wow. Canada handles the festival thing in a way America has not and will never. <laughs> that's Which something, is man. fan-friendly. That's mm-hmm. amazing. That's so cool. Wow, we should, we should learn from that. We won't. We won't. We no. won't. Wow. Well, how were the bands? How, right? how, how were the shows? How many days did you go? I went for five days. Wow, uh, and, dude. Yeah, Man. and it was beautiful. I mean, so we would walk. So the festival also doesn't start till later in the day because they want to encourage, you know, tourism. They want you to walk around the city and spend money. And that that city is beautiful. It's super hilly. It is, it is beautiful. It's beautiful, yeah. But you could, we, we would go, we would go walk around and peruse the city and then walk over to the festival. I think the first day we were there, my phone said we did 20, 24 flights of stairs because everything is so hilly and, you know, uh-huh. nine miles. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. And then you go to the festival, and the prices are affordable. I bought that poncho I'm sporting at that lovely Saga photo yeah. was, six, was six bucks. Look at that, man. Six bucks. Uh, a beer wow. was like eight bucks. Eight bucks for Food's a beer. Expensive. Six bucks. Yeah. Food is expensive everywhere mm-hmm. at the festival and outside the festival. It's mm. expensive everywhere. But... Otherwise, yeah, I, I have great things pay, to say about Canada. You know, you you can you can save up your money for food if you're going to spend 106 dollars on an 11 day pass. Right. I mean, that's crazy. Right. Wow. It's wild, right? That's amazing. So overall, yes to to the uh, to the Quebec City Summerfest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, Foo Fighters. I, I mean, I they, have they, nothing but good Foo things Fu- to say about. Obviously, it. Foo Fighters always they're always great. Were they great in Canada as well? They were great, yeah. Foo Fighters were great. Uh, Ann Wilson was awesome. Oh, she rules. You know, Imagine Dragons aren't my thing, but they're super entertaining, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Weezer, We Missed Green Day was there the following weekend. So, yeah, I mean, they had huge acts. Did Foo Fighters bring Saga out? <laughs> they did not. Uh, they God brought out Dave Grohl's daughter. God damn it. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think every band should have brought Saga out just because. because they're. I agree. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's why you weren't paying attention. You took pictures of <laughs> I, the goddamn show. I was. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> I'm just giving you shit because nobody cares I about know. Saga in this country except me. And I'm the biggest Saga fan in the world. All right. 
Um, <clears throat> on a serious note, let's let's actually talk about this. Lynn Bramer passed away, as we all know. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, uh, incredible, yes, incredible dude, amazing guy. The first guy that called me when I got fired from GN. That's uh, amazing. But that's when, him. When, that's him when, in a nutshell. That's, that's him in a nutshell, man. The first guy that when it hit Feeder's column, the first person that called me, like literally the first time my phone rang was Lynn. Um, and I knew him, and we all love him, and he was great. He was a, obviously a gigantic uh, music fan, a gigantic uh, Cub fan. And they did a concert um, at uh, Joe Shanahan and everybody at Metro put together an amazing concert, which you were not able to attend. Um, but, uh, but Bob Mould was part of the, was part of the lineup. Um, and um, you, you got to talk to Bob Mould, who is one of my favorites. Artists in the history of music. Um, so tell me a little bit about your talk with Bob Mould and then a little bit about the Lynn Bramer celebration. Yeah, that I, what amazed me even as much as maybe more so than the Lynn Bramer celebration concert was the way the Cubs really got involved in a proactive way. Um, you know, the, it was it was Lynn Bramer Day at the Cubs game that day. Yep. yep. With music scheduled in Gallagher Way, you know, to commemorate that, plus a bunch of really high end food experiences because yeah. it was a foodie. Yeah. Um, I thought all of that was really cool, and and a lot of this is going toward. So the Lynn Bramer celebration concert took the place on the annual metro docket of the hot stove cool music right. uh, concert this year right because lynn was a huge part of the the hot stove cool music uh, he was involved in when it got to chicago in 2012 he's been involved ever since he was yep. co-mc yep. um all these things hosted the always train wreck on stage live auction as only right. he could right um right. right but so this year's the, the bramer celebration concert took the place of that this year one of the one of the big things that Hot Stove Cool Music in Dow is, is the Peter Gammons Scholars, a series of scholarships named after Peter Gammons. Uh, and they launched this year at Metro the Lynn Bramer Scholars. So, Oh, man. Yeah. So that's cool. So I'm really hoping it's going to be an annual part then, it sounds like, of the Hot Stove Cool Music thing, assuming that comes back here next year. Um, and I think it's a cool way to commemorate him. So they were they were raising money for that. There's t-shirts uh, available that where the proceeds go toward the scholarship fund but uh yeah all that was really cool and i mean bob mole's just a lovely human being and he was you know he speaks so eloquently about lynn yeah it was really cool very cool he's a good guy and i know jason uh his bass player i know jason nardisi because he's local. sure yeah and he's you know he's only in 73 different bands <laughs> yeah he is <laughs> uh, but jason's a good guy i've known him for a long time and um and uh so so it's great uh, and yeah and bob mold is i mean he's just unbelievable and I, everything that I've heard about the about the the celebration, the concert, and everything was amazing. Um, and, uh, it's been a pretty stunning year for the Metro, right? I mean, the celebrations have been have been going yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, the anniversary celebrations. You got Cheap Trick, and you had all these incredible bands. And Joe has been in his element, man. Joe Shanahan's just been uh, just running on all you know running on all cylinders this year. It's amazing. Yeah, it's been crazy. All the bands coming through for that. What is fortieth anniversary? Fortieth anniversary of the of the Metro. Yeah. Yeah. Metallica, Green Day. I mean, that's that's wild. It's, Amazing, and it's and it's still one of the greatest venues in the world to see a show. It really is. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, oh, let me segue here because I'm a professional. You know, <laughs> one of the bands that I saw when they were up and coming at the Metro. You see where I'm going to go with this? Yeah. See where I'm going? Was Possibly. Pearl Jam? I saw. Pearl ah, Jam. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I saw man. Pearl you, Jam. You were at, at those Metro, Metro shows? I was. Yes. That's was one of those Metro shows. Which and, which uh, one were you at? I was. Well, I actually saw them open for Nirvana one time. Ooh. Okay. At Metro. Uh, yeah. Which was because they they were what they opened for they opened for uh, the Chili Peppers they there once the, I think yeah Chili Peppers is the Soul other time Asylum I saw them was, uh, yeah they, yeah I didn't didn't see that show but I saw them open okay. for uh, for Chili Peppers 
So I've seen nice. Pearl Jam in the Metro. We were just talking about the Metro, and now we're going to mm-hmm. talk about... Oh, look, you see where I'm going as a segue? <laughs> I got all these radio awards that are sitting on a coffee table in the other room that gathering dust because I could segue like this. That's why. You're pro. You talked to Stone Gossard. Ah, you see how I knew? I, you knew I'd get there at some point. <laughs> uh, I, love, I love that guy. Yeah. He's just a really... Seems like a really solid human being. Uh, it's the second time I've talked to him, and yeah, he's just uh, seems like a really decent guy. And so, what was the what was the occasion? Tell me what, what the conversation was about and all that. Cool. So we we didn't even get into Pearl Jam. Um, are you familiar with his side project, Brad? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. So, so we talked about Brad because the new what what is the final Brad album uh, is now available. Uh, the sixth Brad album. And it is called the Mo- In the Moment That You Were Born. Um, the singer of Brad, Sean Smith, passed away kind of tragically at a young age um, in 2019, 2020, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, 20, 2019, he was just 53, uh, high blood pressure in a torn aorta, right after they started the sessions for this album. So I had talked to Stone in 2020. He had re- revived mm-hmm. Loose Group Records at that point. And he gotcha. said to me during that conversation, he goes, I really am hoping to get the last Brad album out. So the first thing I said to him this time, I said, the last time you and I spoke was 2020. I go, and you had mentioned it then. Here we are three years later. So it was really a, a labor of love in terms oh, of man. finishing the sessions that they had started with Sean yeah. Yeah. on vocals, him, him and Regan Hager, um, who is in, you know, a lot of those Seattle bands, uh, <laughs> Uh, the, all of those guys seem to have been in you know five different bands together before they hit it. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> so yeah. so Regan Regan was in the was in Brad with Stone and they they got together and finished up the sessions for the album. So a cathartic experience it sounded like, but uh, yeah. unfortunate that that'll be the last we um, hear from Brad because they were, that they were interview, great. <clears throat> that interview with Stone is available at Forbes as well. Mm-hmm. Pearl Jam's coming to the uh, to the United Center in September. Yeah. Are you going? Uh, I'm hoping so. I, I hope I'm hoping we're going to cover the first night, the fifth. Yeah. Yeah, the are fifth you, are you is going? the, the fi- yeah they're going the fifth. Uh, the fifth is uh, is a Tuesday or something like that. Sounds right. Yeah, so the fifth and the seventh, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Pearl Jam at the UC always. Yeah, I mean they're always great live. Such a great band. Such a great live band. I've um, never reviewed them. I'm, I'm really hoping. I'm really hoping we get to do it. I'd love to write about it. Yeah, they're a fun band. I, mean, I like how they've. Well, they really have never really changed. They became the band that they always were after they were stuck in the. You know, when, when 10 first came out, they were a grunge band, even though that's not who they are. Right. The band that they are is what they are now. You know what I mean? Like, they're kind of a jam band. They write different kinds of songs and stuff like that. That's who they are. But at the beginning, they were like, yeah, you're grunge. <laughs> but that's not yeah, who they are. Yeah, it's fascinating. Well, I mean, because they were, they were so clear about it, too. I mean, like, if you ever heard Mike McCready or Stone Gossard speak back then, they were, they were the first ones to tell you how much they loved Van Halen or Kiss or any, or any of these bands, right? Like, the, yeah. they, were, they wore that classic rock influence on the Sleep, which yeah. is anything but grunge. So yeah, yeah. Uh, real but quick, Cobain, Cobain was that same way. I mean, he always he, talked about his love of like Boston and stuff. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, more than a feeling is a ripoff of more than, is is mm-hmm. not a ripoff, but but uh, smells like Teen Spirit yeah, is more than a like, feeling. Yep. It's mm-hmm. the same, and he's admitted that he admitted he's like yep. I completely ripped off more than a feeling. Sorry to disappoint all the antisocial people out there, but I used to yeah. listen to Boston. So yep, <laughs> you know. Uh, real quickly before before yeah. uh, we run out completely out of time, Bootsy Collins, man. Come I on, love that now. guy. Come on, like, he's the king. He's the best. You know, like you hear people say sometimes. Uh, uh, I had I had somebody tell me recently about that that Johnny Cash was this way. That there are just people who seem to operate on a little different wavelength. <laughs> and Boots yeah. Collins is one of those guys. Yeah, he is relentlessly positive. He just seems 
super carefree. I don't think anything gets to that guy. I mean, the shit that he must have seen, you know. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Bootsy Collins is 70. He's finally in his 70s. But he doesn't look it. Um, yeah. He looks he looks incredible, and he, he's another one who's sharp as a tack, but he was in James Brown's first band, the, the original that a, JBs. That's amazing. When he was, I think, something crazy, like 16 or 18 or something, him and his brother are in. You know what is what is widely looked at as the quintessential James Brown backing band. God, that's amazing. And he's he's only seventy one now. So I mean, it's it's crazy. But and he was uh, he, you 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 talked to him specifically about um, music education. What's what's that all about? Yeah, he's he works with a company with a, a company with a, a non for profit called Music Will, who works who works to create a music curriculum. Because we see you look around today and you see it's one of the first things cut, especially in public schools, is music and arts in the classroom. So Music Will has put together a curriculum. You know, like I had did you have music in school at all, ever? Yeah, we did, yeah. yeah. Like I had it when I was a kid. We we took piano one day a week and it's classical piano. It's nothing that relates to a kid, right? So they've they've taken and formed this curriculum that gets into contemporary music, that gets into a, a lot of different genres of contemporary music so that appeals to kids they make sure that teachers are trained in this curriculum so that they they can relate to kids and bootsy's pretty involved in that he gave the keynote speech at uh, their event a couple weeks ago yeah and yeah i mean he's really he, he had band and he had music and everything in school and he he credits that for you know uh where he's at today and and kind of making it out of you know some of those you know high school situations where yeah he said he said that the fact that he that he had banned was what allowed him to make it through math and science and history you know the rest of the day that's a great message too man yeah it's it was pretty lovely he's a good guy all right uh bootsy collins you can uh you can hear about that uh at forbes and all the stuff that we've been talking about the concert reviews the interviews all that stuff you can find it at forbes daily herald uh and at radio uh, what are you looking forward to? What are you seeing in the next couple of weeks? Or who are you going to interview besides Andy Summers, which we covered at the beginning? <laughs> um, who else you got? What else you got coming up? Uh, oh, God, I always I always try to have these prepared because I know you're going to ask, and I don't even remember what the hell's coming up. Oh, <laughs> Guns, right. Guns and Roses. Guns and oh, Roses Guns is this week at Wrigley Field. There you go, Guns and Roses. It's not selling very well, so you know you can get a $10 ticket and go enjoy that at Wrigley uh, Field. Uh, somebody awesome is opening, and I don't like Guns and Roses, but yes. somebody awesome is opening. Who's the that? The Pretenders are. That's the right, pre- the Pretenders is. Right. Are doing an hour set, by the way. So yeah. when you see 5.30 on the ticket and think that sounds early, that is exactly when the show starts. It's not the doors. So yeah. get there at 5.30 and you can see the full hour set by the well, pretenders. Well, you're going to want to see the Who may blow Guns N' Roses off the stage. That's not even going to be a... <laughs> Jim, that's not even a question. I know. That's not even a the, question. The first time I saw the Stones at United Center, the pretenders opened and they blew the Stones off the stage. They're, the so. pretenders rule. I would see if I they were going to go to that show and the tickets were cheap, I'd go. I'd see, I'd see the pretenders and I'd fucking leave. <laughs> that is the way to do it. That's it, man. <laughs> All right. Well, Guns N' Roses, you'll get a full report on that. Check out Forbes. Uh, you can check out Daily Herald and Jim Radio Jim Ryan. And we'll talk to you next month, Jim. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks, Nick. All right, man. Watch out for those helicopters, man. <laughs> the train's coming by. They're coming. Speed. Oh, my yeah. God. All right. See you later, Jim. Mm-hmm. Later. All right. That's Jim Ryan. Uh, he's the best. How often does a train go by? So often you won't even notice. Esmeralda Leon is here. Esmeralda. Yeah, Esmeralda Leon, yeah, Esma, I'm talking about that Esma, Esmeralda Leon, yeah, Esmeralda, yeah, yeah, oh, Esmeralda Leon, yeah, yeah, get yourself some Esmeralda.
Leon, when you hear that, you know it's time to talk to Esmeralda. Hi, Esmeralda. How are you? Hello. How are you? I'm all right. Um, are you? Because now I, 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 I already confessed to our to our subscribers and our listeners that we are recording mm-hmm. a little bit a little bit early and in the morning, um, and a day before we normally record because it's going to be seventeen thousand degrees outside. Right. It's supposed to be real bad. Yeah. Uh, and I hate hot weather. I think we've discussed this before. Um, mm-hmm. I think you and I are in agreement on that, that um, if it gets above like 85 and especially if it's muggy, it just sucks. And it's supposed to be 100 today at some point. Yeah, I'm you know, I'd rather I'd rather cold because you can layer on. Yes, exactly. Heat you can't you can take off. But once you get down to skin. Right. <laughs> what are you going to do? Remove your skin and just walk around like a skeleton? Although I'd like to walk around like a skeleton. That would be kind of fun, right? Although I don't know how comfortable that would be. <laughs> yeah. Because also like your insides aren't layers or they are layers. But, you know, right. I don't think you can easily pull them off like you right. would skin. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I'm having a really hard time removing this tendon. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's you'd a you'd really have to like lay it out. Yeah, lay it out so you'd know where to put it back. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Like a suit when you lay it on the bed, you're like, what? what exactly, because yeah. I think yeah, then you just you would not know. You would <laughs> try yeah. to put it back together. There'd be extra pieces, of course. I have a small window unit in my bedroom, um, mm-hmm. so um, I'm actually going to be. Uh, spending a lot of that time in movie theaters because there's a couple of movies I have to catch up on tomorrow in the afternoon. Right. Uh, so I will be, like, for the most part on, th- on this Thursday afternoon, we're recording on a Wednesday. I'm not going to lie to people, but uh, we're recording on a Wednesday. But on this Thursday, I'm actually going to see uh, two movies, and that'll kill, like, five hours. Well, there you go. And it'll be right in the middle of the afternoon when it's at its worst. And by Thursday night, it's supposed to taper off, and by Friday, we'll be okay. Um, so... Mm-hmm. That's my plan, uh, is to stay in a there movie theater, a cool movie theater, while we were going to be recording tomorrow. So that's what I'll be doing. But anyway. Very good. Yeah, hot weather, man. I just don't... And, and I, I'm, I, I, I find it fascinating and terrifying that people like this kind of weather. And I know people who do. I know people who are like, mm-hmm. the hotter, the better, the more humid. I love it when it's 100 degrees. And I don't understand that. I'm miserable when it gets like I mean, this. some people... I mean, you. a lot of people live in weather that's like this or close to it all the time right Right. so i mean i guess if you're yeah if you're used to it it's kind of like you know "Mm." (laughs) you know and people people always ask me which would you prefer cold or hot and you what you just said is exactly right i mean you could always layer on now i don't want either Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like i don't want to get right yeah if it's if it's 90 if it's 90 below outside that completely sucks if there's 27 inches of snow that's terrible but i would rather have that if i had to choose than 100 degrees and humid you know what i mean Right. Neither um, neither are preferable. You know. Well, actually, when there is 27 inches of snow on the ground, isn't it warmer out? It is. Because of the snow? I think so. Uh, but I'll just take the cold weather over the hot weather anytime. I really will. I, I just, I hate hot weather. I just hate it. So, anyway, uh, we've adjusted. So, and I thank you for right. being flexible. I called you at the last yeah, yeah. minute. Just a little behind the scenes stuff. I'm, hey, let's do this early and get it out of the way before the heat comes in, you know. So, yeah. Anyway. So, thanks for being <laughs> flexible. Uh, and I appreciate that. So, um, uh, you know, uh, what do you got? You got any plans for the weekend? It's not going to be hot the weekend. It's just these couple of days, but the weekend is supposed to be nice. You got anything coming? You got any more friends coming in from out of town or anything? 
No, no. Just probably going to stay at home. Yeah. Not, uh, you know, do much. Do you have the do you have the HBOs and the Max? Do you, mm-hmm. Yeah. You do. Can I suggest something that you should watch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tele, it's called Telemarketers. Sure. Um, do you know what it is? Mm-hmm. It, no, I haven't heard of it. Okay, Telemarketers is is this uh, uh, great documentary that's actually put together by the Safdie brothers and uh, Danny McBride and a couple of other people, and it's a it's a true story about these these sort of like uh, drug-addled ex-cons who worked at a telemarketing firm and how they made a movie exposing the corruption of this telemarketing firm. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, I haven't heard of it at all. It's really funny. Dan Feinberg told me about it when we talked about TV the other day on the last episode. He's like, you should watch this telemarketing thing. It's called Telemarketers. It's in three It's three episodes, and the first two have aired already, and the next one comes out on Sunday. And I've watched the first two last night. It's not only very entertaining, but it's also unbelievably funny, and you will laugh your ass off. And also, everything you ever kind of suspected about how shitty telemarketers are and how shitty telemarketing companies are is confirmed. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out, especially with Danny McBride. Yeah, it's very, very, it's really, really good. But you will not believe because this is all real. Like these guys are real. It's a documentary, and while you're watching it, you're like, yeah. "How is it possible that these guys are real?" <laughs> and, well, and, don't they say that that uh, fiction is truer than whoa? Or no, not, no, no, fact is true. Yeah, fiction there it is. Or whatever. That, that's it, it. That's it. Fact is truer than fact, or no, fact is stranger than fiction. Is the uh, yeah? Is there you the, go. Yeah. But if but uh, it was funny because when uh, Feinberg and I were talking about it and Dan was reviewing it before I actually watched it, which I watched last night, he was telling me if they make a fictional movie out of it, if they do like a movie version of it, not the doc, Danny McBride mm-hmm. will play. Well, Danny McBride will play this character named Pat. And oh wow! When I watched it, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This this Danny McBride could absolutely play this part. There's no question about it. So um. Yeah, you should check it out. I think you'd like it. I think you'd have, you know, if, you, if you're trying to kill some time over the weekend, um, it's really entertaining and very funny and, like, shocking in its hilarity. Like, it, it, it's, I just, I mean, I busted out laughing because these guys, these are two guys who are ex-cons who used to work at a telemarketing firm who are trying to make, like, a Michael Moore Let's Take Down the Big Man documentary. And it's, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I'll yeah. have the time this weekend. So make sure you, yeah, <laughs> check it out. It's cool. And, and it goes by fast. It's three episodes. And I, I went through the two of them like that. And it's very, it's very, very funny. And it's called, for people out there listening, it's called Telemarketers. It's on HBO and Max or whatever they call it now. Max thing. Yeah, Max. I think yeah. it's just Max. Just Max. Yeah, just Max. Uh, the, and I think they've changed their, they're changed their uh, sort of their tag phrase now, which I think it's the one to go to or something or the something about the one Oh, I didn't even know they had one. Yeah, it's not like they change. They, they're not the one. It's not like they're Neo. You know what I mean? It's it's. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Anyway, have you watched? I, mean, I anything guess they lately? are the one. They're the only Max. So there's, right. there's that. Have you watched anything other outside of like uh, like cable or anything like that? You've been watching any shows or anything? Um. Right now. Oh well. Okay. I was watching some. I found it on Tubi, mm-hmm. and it's this British show called Plebs, which is pretty fun. Plebs. It's a, yeah, it's a British comedy series. It's uh takes place in the Roman times. 
Uh, so it's like these three guys, and they're just—it's just them living in the Roman times, and they have just like shitty jobs, <laughs> and they just—it's about their time just going about every day. So it's like sitcommy, but it's—it's fun. it's fun. It's funny. Is there anybody in it that I would know? And and how recent is this, or how old is it? Um, it is from well, it first started in 2013, and apparently the last episode was 2022. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. how many seasons are on Tubi, but um, I just started watching it from the beginning. Okay, cool. All right, so that's called Pleb. I've never heard of it. That's that's cool. I just wrote yeah. that down. I just wrote that down. Okay, cool. I have to check that out. Tubi, you know, Tubi. Tubi is kind of a kind of a, a crazy channel because I was tooling around on Tubi and I found. I think maybe you and I talked about this. I found the Turkish version or the Turkish ripoff of The Exorcist. Oh wow! <laughs> and it was a movie. It was a movie that literally came out about eight months after The Exorcist came out, and it is like a, on almost a, a beat for beat, frame for frame, complete ripoff, only with two dollar budget of The Exorcist. Oh, interesting. oh it's got to be. It's got to be seen to be believed. I mean, it's in. It's in. It's in Turkish, mm-hmm. um, and it is completely batshit. I, I can't even remember. Like, if you Google Turkish Exorcist ripoff. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what the title is, but you go, you can Google that. You can see the fantastic poster. It is. I found that it was on. I was like, wait a minute, how the hell is this? And it was on Tubi, like of all <laughs> of all channels. Like they've got like Tubi has the weird Turkish ripoff of The Exorcist. What? Yeah, it's kind of fun. Like the stuff you can find. Yeah. Um, on like Tubi, uh, Fubo. Right. Yeah. I even mean, some- even on the other one, the regular weird one pluto tv <laughs> right yeah i mean no seriously i mean th- those are like free you know and they're out there mm-hmm. but man mm-hmm. if you do a little if you do a little search if you take a little time and and do a little search on those channels you're gonna find some crazy weird often fucking cool stuff yeah yeah for sure well, anyway if you ever if you're ever in the mood to watch the complete ridiculous turkish ripoff of the exorcist <laughs> yeah it's worth it's worth watching because it's really out there. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's one of those things that they should show um, at midnight in like the, at the music box yeah. when everybody nice. is like drinking. It's just completely insane. You should you should uh, bring it up. I should I should I should see if to we the powers can get it. that be. I, sh- I should ask <laughs> I should ask Ryan over at the music box. Hey man, you ever think about showing the Turkish version of The Exorcist? <laughs> yeah, or it'd and be then, fun to kind of show both. Yeah, do like and a then, little double feature. Yeah, and then like two people will show up. It'll just be me and three other people laughing at the Turkish <laughs> version of The Exorcist. <laughs> so anyway, uh-oh, wait a minute. Uh, well. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Hi. She's got it. By the way, she's got a little high Carrie. Hi, I'm Carrie hi, Russell, I know and Carrie. I love Nick's show. You know, she's out on the back porch, but she's got a little window unit out there to keep her. Uh, oh, good for her. To that keep seems her cool. like. Uh... Bit of a waste, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how well it's gonna work, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, as long as she stands right in front of it, it she and I fun. think that's what she's gonna do. You know, she's only got about six feet out there, so it's a very right. small. It's a small place, right. and she's got you know she's got her uh, her press and her iron and everything where she makes her t-shirts. So it's all it's very crowded out there. Mm. So and you know that's a that's it's gonna be hot because she makes t-shirts out there too. It's gonna be very hot for for Carrie out there. Yeah, well, booming business. She can't yeah. Uh, yeah. can't leave it alone for a she, day or two. <laughs> she's got a lot of back orders for the Turkish yeah. Exorcist T-shirts that she's doing. Uh, yeah, so, so I mean, you know, 
she she does a lot of Facebook advertising. She does. <laughs> She's very good at it. So anyway, uh, so um, this um, this this article that I sent to you, um, which has uh, weird celebrity rumors in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to talk about that, like crazy, ridiculous celebrity rumors. Have you had you ever heard yeah. of any like weird celebrity rumors when you were a kid? Because I got a couple that that. Um, that I had heard when I was younger. Um, I mean, none that I knew knew, like that. You know, oh, I heard that so and so. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's the usual like, um, people getting ribs taken out. Right. Um, you know, we talked about it before the gerbil thing with uh, with with uh, Richard Gere, the gerbil yeah. thing with Richard Gere. That's the that's a big one. Yeah. That's like a that's like a famous one, the the gerbil one. But the one that I remember when I was younger, and I think we talked about this before, because this mm-hmm. article that we have, it's like that I sh- that I shared with you, is sixteen of the craziest celebrity rumors that people actually believe. And some of these I'd never heard of, and some are downright nuts. Like, wait a minute, people believe this? Right. <laughs> but I want to get to some of those. But the one that I remember that we always like uh, talked about when I was younger was that. Uh, you ever, do you ever did you ever hear the Rod Stewart one? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah we talked about that. Yeah, where Rod Stewart had to be rushed off the stage because he collapsed on stage, yeah. <laughs> and they took him to the hospital, and then they like they had to pump his stomach because he had like a, a half a gallon of semen in his stomach. Right. <laughs> that was that was like the, and and anytime you like Rod Stewart, hey, remember uh, Rod Stewart? He had to, and then and and then the amount of semen that was in his stomach varies from story to story. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Somebody's like, "Oh, he had he had he had to have like he had like seven ounces of of, of of semen in his stomach," and then some people go, "Yeah, no, he had twelve gallons of semen," and it's, they get all varying, all varying. Yeah, <laughs> like he's chugging down twelve gallons worth of semen. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be quite the quite the thing, but yeah, that was the one that I, I remember. And then every single time, like Rod Stewart uh, pops up anywhere, uh, mm-hmm. I I immediately think of that. You know, like. Oh, yeah, it's- <laughs> That's how you remember his name. It's that's how I remember Rod Stewart. Not that he's one of the best vocalists in rock history, or that he worked with some of the greatest musicians, including Jeff Beck and all that stuff. The first thing that pops into my mind when I see Rod Stewart is twelve gallons of semen in his stomach. There you so, go. Nice. <laughs> I'm sure he loves that. I'm sure he does. Yeah. It's and, and the funny thing is that everybody kind of knows. People around my age know that. You know? Uh, do you know who Dan uh, Dan Epstein is? He is the author of a, of a couple of really great books about baseball. Um, no, I'm not familiar. He's a, he's he's a cool guy. He's been on the show. On my, he was on my on my GN show several times, and he's a great guy. And he's around my age. I think he I think he and I are I think we're about, I think a year apart. I might be a year mm-hmm. older than he is, or just a few months older than he is. And uh, and I've known Dan for a long time. He wrote some books on baseball. Um, he uh, had a book signing and a screening of Bad News Bears at the Music Box, and I moderated his Q and A afterwards. I hosted it with him. Uh, the original uh, Bad News Bears. Mm-hmm. And so you know, like he's 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 so he's around my age. So well, he posted a thing on his uh, on his Facebook page where it was a picture of Rod Stewart drinking like bourbon. Mm-hmm. And I, my smart ass comment underneath his underneath the, my post was, uh, "Gee, are you sure that that's bourbon in there and not semen or something like that?" It was like, like right. You know, and he immediately like you know put the laughing emoji on there, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah." I remember. yeah. And he goes because he's my age, and he absolutely remembers how. And I wonder where that starts. Where does somebody? begin that like somebody's sitting around going you know i'm gonna make up a a rumor that rod stewart you know maybe rod stewart did collapse on stage or something right and then someone was um, like, it was probably because of semen. some haters yeah <laughs> yeah 
I'm assuming everything starts with haters. Maybe it was Jeff Beck. Maybe Jeff Beck. Maybe. Maybe Jeff, <laughs> maybe Jeff Beck started that rumor. It's like, yeah, I'll get him. He uh, found the most gossipy person he could find. Right. And just stood near them and casually inferred. <laughs> it's like, you know, I heard that there was some semen in Rod Stewart. Instigated. Yeah. And then the and the gerbil thing. Where does that start? Like, right, you know, because, I mean, obviously yeah. when... When Richard Gere started to get popular, they were like, well, I think he's gay. And they'll, and mm-hmm. so they started gay rumors, and then that led to gerbil up the butt rumors, which, of course, are absurd. Yeah. But that, still to this day, is a thing. And, like, even in interviews over the years, Richard Gere has had to, like, to let go, look, I know there's a gerbil. <laughs> there's a gerbil rumor out there. I mean, it's, it's, it clearly has gotten back to these people. Yeah. I actually, um, another show I found on Tubi. I'd never seen or heard about this, but it's called the Freak Brothers, right? So it's based off the it's based off the the, that comic, the Fabulous Furry Freak Brothers. Oh yeah, now is it animated? Yeah. Okay. And it's this is like from 2021. Okay. Um, but there is a scene where a guy dies, and they have to go up his butt to grab some weed. And a gerbil runs out. So, do they make a Richard Gear joke? Still a joke. No, they just they the, you just see the gerbil run out. Right. Uh, I love the fact that you watch shows where people have to retrieve their weed from anal cavities. I think that that's. <laughs> well, I was I was curious because it has all these it has big names in it. Yeah, yeah. What? what yeah. Well, who's behind? What, what, um, I mean, I so I've like. Heard, I've heard of it, and there are some big names, right? I mean, this is a, yeah. This is... So Pete Davidson, John Goodman, right. Woody Harrelson, Tiffany Haddish. So I was like, "Well, I have to see what this is." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's, it's funny. Okay. It's okay. Yeah. You know, it's it's weed humor, a lot of weed humor, I would imagine, right? Yeah. I mean, if you got Tiffany Haddish and Pete Davidson in there, I mean, there's going to be weed humor because they're they they've been known to smoke a doobie or two in their uh, in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the Freak Brothers, mm-hmm. also available on Tubi. When you're done watching yeah. the the Turk, when you're done watching the Turkish version of The Exorcist, yeah, check out. Just look. Just go take a dive into Tubi. Yeah, you'll find something. There's something in there for everybody. I think. Yeah, I just love that. Like, yeah, like I love the way that you so nonchalantly were, you know, were uh, relaying the plot. You know, it's like, yeah, they had to go retrieve their weed from some guy's ass. Yeah. <laughs> And a gerbil runs out. So yeah, the, the 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 joke is still alive. That's fantastic. You can't go wrong with a gerbil up the ass joke. That's a, that's a, that's a great one. Um, all right, well let's take a look at this this article. Um, and I'm looking at the very first one. That if you scroll all the way to the top, then the very first one, of course, involves Nicolas Cage. Um, uh, Nicolas Cage is a vampire. Is a rumor. Right. I mean, he. Played well. He wasn't even a vampire. He thought he was a vampire, right? In Vampire's Kiss. Yeah, yeah. But in Renfield, so, he pl- he plays Dracula in his last movie. Oh, in right. Renfield. Oh, right. He, pl- he, right, he plays right. Dracula There's, in that. Yeah. But um, but in, I mean, I could see it. Yeah, uh, but but here's what it's it's funny because it says the creepy rumor first sparked in 2011, after a vintage photograph went up for sale on eBay. The sepia tone shot from 1870 was a portrait of a man who looked uncannily like Nicolas Cage. And then they listed the picture as Nicolas Cage is a vampire. And then, of course, you know, he was in he was in Vampire's Kiss. And they said here that during an interview in 2012 
with Letterman, he told the host, now look, I don't drink blood, and the last time I looked in the mirror, I had a reflection. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, wouldn't it? Oh, well, it could have been before he got turned. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. If you want to try to play the rumor. That's right. Um, I mean, he could also just be a time traveler. <laughs> there are so many things that Nicolas Cage can be, right? Yeah, like, why didn't anyone think of that? They immediately go vampire. <laughs> Nicolas Cage never had a, 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 a gerbil rumor, right? I don't think so. No, no Nicolas Cage never had 16 gallons of semen in his gullet. That, that didn't right. happen. <laughs> uh, so let's go right to vampire. And, uh, because he's so good in Vampire's Kiss. Like, he literally is. So, I mean, that's my favorite Nicolas Cage performance uh, of all yeah. time. I mean, it really is my favorite of all time. Um, so, all right, so Nicolas Cage is a vampire. I don't believe that one. Do you believe that one, Esmeralda? I think that that's a rumor then. No, it's, it sounds like it could be, but <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, no. No. And it would be cool if he was, though. <laughs> if he was actually I mean, a sure. I'd be kind of questioning. I'm like, who turned Nicolas Cage? Yeah, who turned Nicolas and Cage? And do they regret it? And 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 uh, if I work with Nicolas Cage on a movie, what's the insurance? I mean, what are they gonna do if I get bit? You know, you know right? Like I, I how hope... well? I mean, I'm assuming he's he's good about keeping it back. Yeah, because we I haven't hope. heard any complaints. You don't want to turn anybody while you're on set. I mean, this is maybe this is what's what's holding up the strike. They might be negotiating what it, what it is to work with vampires. <laughs> the vampire rules. <laughs> the vampire claws. Yeah, the, the vampire claws. They don't have claws. They have fangs. Hold on a minute. Wait. Wait a minute. Hang on. Oh, 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 oh Jesus Christ. Oh yeah. Yeah. Man. All right. Okay. Jesus. All right. How about this next one, Esmeralda? The one after that. Had you heard this one? Um, I have heard that. Have you? It, it, tell um, everybody. Tell everybody what yeah, we're talking about. Stevie Stevie Wonder isn't blind. <laughs> yeah, I have what? heard that. I've seen things where they're like, "Oh, he did something that only someone with sight could do." Like, how could he be doing that? Yeah. Um, and I mean, the man has been living pretty much all his life blind. Yes. I think some things become muscle memory. Yeah. Even if he can't see them, I think he kind of knows already. Where to... And he, he, he eventually, I mean, he actually did virtually grow up uh, in the spotlight. Because, I mean, when he started with Motown, he was a kid. He was little Stevie Wonder when he yeah. started. So, and he, I can't remember what caused his, uh, his blindness or, or, or how, he, how, he, how he lost his sight. But it happened when he was young, when he was a little kid, I think. Mm -hmm. But from the time he was a guy, I mean, because he was like 12 or 13, when um, he started with Motown. And that's why Stevie Wonder, you, you know, Stevie Wonder obviously is still alive. And everybody thinks, well, Stevie Wonder's got to be 117 years old. But it's just yeah. because <laughs> it's just because he started when he was a kid. And I think people forget that he was a kid. He's been so ubiquitous in the culture that you think, well, he's got, God, is this guy ageless? What? Yeah, what for sure. But um, I remember there was one, I can't remember um, what award show, but there was an award show. And I want to say it, it might have been the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Where I think it was the Oscars, because the Oscars has a tendency to have the stupidest musical numbers, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they make the biggest mistakes. And the Oscars is usually one of the stupidest fucking, you know, uh, broadcasts of all time. But I remember Stevie Wonder was out, uh, on, uh, and there was a big performance on stage, and a whole bunch of people were out there. And it wasn't just Stevie, and it was a bunch of other sort of big artists, and they were doing like a, you know, a medley of some shit with a whole bunch of big stars out there. 
And I remember watching this, and everybody left the stage except Stevie, and he couldn't leave. He couldn't get off the stage. Oh, everybody, no. Everybody left him out. I was like, wait a minute. You left a blind guy out on stage. You know, so maybe Jeez. they thought it was true. Maybe they thought he, well, he's faking it. So, uh, so they left. But I, rem- I literally remember, like, everybody leaving stage, and there's Stevie just kind of sitting there going, anybody going to help me off the stage? It's terrible. It's awful. It's awful. But maybe they thought he wasn't really blind. Like maybe yeah. they, those people on stage. Well, here's the thing. There are um so the the thing that's kind of spurred it on is apparently in 2010, okay. uh, Stevie Wonder was with Paul McCartney at the White House. And apparently during the performance, um Paul ac- accidentally knocked a mic stand over and um, and then they caught this on camera that Stevie Wonder caught the oh. mic stand and oh. he put it back in place. Ooh. So people think like, oh, he can see. It's like, no, he can probably have feet. He feels like yeah. that thing fell. Yeah. He, fe- so he, he probably felt knew and- how to catch it. He knew where it was. And his other senses are heightened because of that, too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he, he's mm-hmm. he's a he's aware of everything around him, despite the fact that he can't see. That's pretty funny, though. But he caught the mic and put it back. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty yeah, cool, yeah. man. That's pretty cool. That's pretty badass. Um, and also, like, apparently most people who are blind are never 100% blind. Okay. Like, they, there might be, like, a little bit of light or a little bit of something. Like shadowy so, stuff or a mm-hmm. little bit of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. might be that, like, they can't see perfectly clear at all, but it's not, like, that they are, it's completely pitch black. Not for, um most i believe yeah so who knows so who knows yeah. what stevie can see yeah oh stevie but they don't think he's blind well all right, right. <laughs> yeah. all right now this next one is just complete i i've never heard this next one that Lindsay lowen had a twin sister did they think they think of this because she was in the parent trap is that why right that's okay <laughs> i mean what? uh sure so back in 1998, Lindsay Lohan had us all seeing double when she starred in the remake of The Parent Trap. With the help of some clever camera work and a body double, Lindsay portrayed both halves of a twin sister, uh, Haley and Annie. But a rumor made the rounds that the actress had a real-life twin sister named Kelsey who filmed alongside her, only she died before the movie's release. So Disney execs covered it up to save the project. Lindsay would later go on a downward spiral in her personal life, abusing alcohol and drugs and winding up in rehab, adding fuel to the theory that she was grieving over her lost sister. Oh, that's ridiculous. That is a lot. Yeah. That and is like a di- lot. <laughs> like Disney's part of the conspiracy. Disney, we got to cover it up, man. Her, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are, um, that is really quite a way to go oh my god that's why she was drinking in the in the mid-aughts that's why she was out with paris hilton and and those idiots getting hammered every night ruining her career that's why she did it she ruined her career you remember when Lindsay lohan was like awesome for that time period and then like like and how quickly she spiraled uh, out of control that was so sad yeah yeah. because i loved her i mean like after after mean girls i was like this girl is gonna like i loved her and I thought she was amazing, and I literally was like, she's going to win an Oscar someday. And then, man, oh, man, she fell down that weird TMZ, Paris Hilton, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I mean, you know, being a child actor and growing yeah. up in the spotlight, yeah, 
gets to some people. And her her parents or her mom's like a stage mom. Her father's a jag off. You know, like that was right. And she's got sisters too. One of them dead, obviously. One a twin yeah. died. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, do you remember now? You're you're younger than me. So how old were you? You're ten years younger than me. So how old were you? No, you're eighteen years younger than me. What the fuck is wrong with me? Uh, how old were you when when uh, Mean Girls came out? Were you in high school when Mean Girls came out? Um, so Mean Girls came out 2004. Right. I was a junior in college. You were a junior in college. Oh, you were. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Yeah, I graduated high school in 2001. 2001. Okay. So, so, uh, so yeah, when, when, so you were, you were in college, uh, when Mean Girls came out. So it wasn't one of those movies that spoke to you as a teenager or anything. No, 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 no. I do love that movie though. Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's such a great movie and she's great in it. Um, but anyway, and, uh, you know, and we all mourn her twin sister, <laughs> Kelsey, her twin sister, <laughs> That was sister, secretly Kelsey. covered up for the movie, Di- The Parent Trap. By, by <laughs> Disney. Disney covered it yeah. up. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't put it past Disney to cover up uh, something like that. No one would kind of... Yeah, that is true. Disney, yeah. Disney's yeah. pretty slick. Yeah. Uh, trying to cover up problems. And they own everything. So it's like, like they, you know, they could, they could, you know, I'm sure that they own some sort of... Uh, some sort of shady X Files company, you know, that can yeah. cover up conspiracies. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The low hand. All right, how about the one after this? You you care to share this one with the uh, everybody? Uh, so the the next one is Mr. Rogers uh, has tattoos. Now, I, which I, maybe he could. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't find that one. That's not. I mean, that's not as insane as Nicolas Cage as a vampire and Lindsay Lohan has a dead sister. You know, that was covered up. Mm-hmm. Mr. Rogers having tattoos is not really insane. I mean, it could be. I mean, did he serve? He served in the Navy, right? Didn't he, I think? Yeah, so that's kind of the where they, they go is that, oh, he served. He was a hardcore U.S. Navy SEAL sniper during the Vietnam War. <laughs> and that he has tattoos from right, that time. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but actually, no. No. The, uh, the, the military actually came out and they said that... Uh, he would have been too old to enlist in the Navy at the time. Mm, okay. Oh, for Nam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's for when they're like when they're giving off this this rumor. Right. For he the was, time he was, period. It he was a worked. he was a sniper in Nam. Well, no, he wasn't because he was working on TV shows in Pittsburgh and and in during the yeah. Vietnam War. Yeah. He, he wasn't a sniper in Nam. But uh, no, but that would be pretty cool if he had like a, a badass tattoo, like he took off his sweater. Hi, kids. He took off the sweater and it just said, kiss my ass on his arm or something. <laughs> you know? I mean, you know, we don't know. Yeah. He could have something. He got a Metallica tattoo or something on his arm. Yeah. Something for him. <laughs> just for, just a, an inside joke between him and, the, and King, whatever his name is. King, Vi- not King Vitamin. King Vitamin was a cereal. What was the, do you remember the King's name on? Uh... Um, King, uh, was it King Sunday? King Sunday, King Dickhead. What was it? Uh, I don't think it was King Dickhead. I'm not. I don't think. I don't think that was it. Because King Vitamin uh, was a va- was a, was cereal. King uh, and I, there's people screaming at their device right now. Screaming at their device. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, wrong day. King Friday. Uh, King Friday. <laughs> there it is. Yes, King Friday. That's right. Yeah. Right. King Friday. Um, and I remember. I remember. I remember finding King Friday creepy when I was a kid. He does have a creepiness to him. So yeah. does um uh I forget her name, but um I think it's no well maybe the older, maybe the it old is woman? Lady Elaine. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. the old woman, I believe, yeah. is Lady Elaine. 
Right. I always found that all to be uh, to to be kind of creepy. Um, and I liked Mr. Rogers. I, d- I don't think I liked it when he went to Friday Land or whatever it was called. Well, I mean, that was like the like they big took the thing. Tra- <laughs> they took the train in. I liked it better when he was just in the house going, do you like uh, lemonade? Just hanging and out he, with himself. Yeah, putting on his shoes and shit. I liked that. I don't know if I was crazy about him taking the train to Weirdo Land. I was always right. like, what? Well, it's the land of make-believe. Yeah, yeah. I always liked, of all those kid shows, you know, those PBS shows, I, of course I loved mm-hmm. Sesame, Sesame Street when I was a little kid, but the one that appealed to me the most was Electric, was, uh, Electric Company. Yeah. That was the one that I, you know, that I loved. Rita Moreno was on that. Bill Cosby was on that. I, that was the show that really, that's the one that appealed to me the most. Like, Mr. Rogers, I always thought was, ah, eh, he's okay. You know, Weirdo Friday and all that stuff. <laughs> and, and Zoom always annoyed me. With the kids, you know, you you remember you you're, you might be too young for Zoom. I don't think I never. Yeah, I never watched Zoom. I remember seeing the the reboot of it, but yeah. Well, I when was, I, was I was a kid, too old for it. When I was a kid in the seventies, Zoom was huge. Zoom was like there was a there was a girl named. If you Google her as well, Google Bernadette Zoom. Google Bernadette Zoom, and what'll pop up is a little Asian girl doing weird shit with her arms. Oh yeah. <laughs> that'll that that's what will pop up bernadette zoom that's the only thing that's the oh that's the only thing about zoom that i remember other than i found the kids to be annoying right <laughs> and i and and i knew the address because the they sang the zip code because mm-hmm. it was in boston where they ta- where they taped it, it was oh two one oh, okay. three four send it to zoom i remember that i remember the oh <laughs> two one three four send it to zoom and i just remember they all wore the same striped t-shirts and I found all of them annoying. I'd watch it. And I'm like, these people are fucking annoying. But then I was fascinated by Bernadette because she did weird shit with her arms. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's probably the main. She did that on her audition and they were like, you're in. You're in. You got that. What are you, do- what are you doing? I'm just doing some weird shit with my arms. Okay, you're on. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so Zoom. What, what did you, did you have any favorite kids shows? Did you watch, you watched Sesame Street when you were a kid, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers. Those were the big ones. Um, I mean, aside from that, it was just kid shows like on Nickelodeon and stuff. Rugrats, Ren and yeah. Stimpy and all that. I love that you watched Ren and Stimpy when you were a kid. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I Ren and Stimpy to me is still it's the greatest. Yeah. It's, the yeah, greatest. Yeah. it's the greatest show of all time. And uh, and I and I love the fact that kids, kids watch that show because it was so fucked up and subversive. And kids just... <laughs> Just watched it. You know what my favorite one is, right? Uh, you, the rubber nipples. Oh no, that's fantastic. Do you have a no? favorite? What's your What's your favorite? Yeah, rubber nipples. Is it rubber nipples? Call yeah. the police. Uh, yeah. When the when <laughs> when the walrus when Mr. Horse is holding the walrus up, <laughs> call the police. Um, no, mine is Sven Hoke. When, oh, um, okay. His idiot cousin when uh, Ren's idiot oh, cousin right. yeah, shows yeah. up, and uh, and they. They they ruin the house and then Ren comes home and he's got his little business hat on and his briefcase and he starts screaming. <laughs> that's uh that's where um you know they play don't don't whiz on the electric fence and then the devil shows up at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Ren and Stimpy. Oh man. So anyway, does it, do, do, so uh do, do they give any facts about Bernadette? I wonder where Bernadette is now. What do you do with that skill? She's gotta um, be a- she probably just 
living her life. <laughs> she's probably. I, I would guess. I, my guess is that she's probably in her sixties because she's. She was. I think she was a little older than me. Mm-hmm. Bernadette from Zoom. My guess is she's probably like early sixties. That would be my guess. Um, because I remember watching Zoom and like she was the only. Like I just remember her doing weird shit with her arms and I don't know where she is, but Bernadette. Maybe there. Were, I wonder if there was ever a celebrity. She apparently is a musician. Oh, she is. Yeah. So. Oh. Okay. Catch her out. Catch her gigging in Boston. I wonder if they if when she when she does play, do people go do the arm thing? You, I'm sure there's some drunk <laughs> asshole. Probably. You know, some drunk asshole in the back. Hey, do that arm thing. She's got to be sick of that. So, um, all right. How about this? Cher had two ribs removed out of vanity. Right. I've heard. Yeah, that's that's a big one. I think I've heard that. Um. Well, because Cher looks so good, and you're just like, how? There's no possibility. Yeah. She can look that good. Yeah. Now, I, and, I, and Cher's not the only one that I've heard this rumor about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think other, I think other celebrities have had that rumor as well, mm-hmm. where, they had, where they had ribs removed. Um, but, but she, I don't know why, I guess because she does, she has looked, I mean, it's, she doesn't hide the fact that she's had plastic surgery. She's very. Right. So I know. think with that, people then want to be like, oh, well, she can't look that way. Right. She has to have had done. Yeah. Which yeah. she's like, well, yeah, I've had stuff done. But I've never had it's ribs not, removed. Not ribs removed. <laughs> well, you know, you know what Mickey Rourke did, right? For, uh, what the hell movie was it? He, um. Shit, I can't remember what he had like um, a bunch of teeth removed, or he had his jaw like wired or something for a pl- for a movie, and I can't remember what it mm-hmm. was. But you know how Mickey Rourke looks now. Mickey Rourke looks, yeah, he, he looks, looks te- he looks terrible now. I mean, he even looked he's... terrible in the Oof. in the in the wrestler. He looked terrible. But if you look at Mickey Rourke, like Pope of Greenwich Village, Mickey Rourke, beautiful human being. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous guy. Like you look at Mickey Rourke and Body Heat, woo. You know, I mean, damn. And then you look at him in the in the wrestler, and you're like, what the hell happened to this guy, man? But yeah, he had all kinds of. But he did so, and he boxed for a while. I remember he was like a. Mm-hmm. He actually was boxing, and he and he got, like got his jaw busted, and he and then he had all kinds of facial reconstruction. But he did something for a movie, and I can't remember what movie it was, where he he, he had like a bunch of teeth removed or his jaw rewired or something. Just um, crazy, crazy stuff. Mm. So I wouldn't put it past Mickey, Mickey, Mickey Rourke to have a. I almost said Mickey Rooney, like Mickey Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a whole other thing. <laughs> Mickey Rooney, yeah, it's a whole other thing. Mickey Rooney having all kinds of surgery on his face. You're Mickey Rooney, but yeah, no Mickey Rourke. Uh, I wouldn't put it past him to have a rib removed. He seems that kind of. He seems <laughs> that crazy. Jesus Christ! All right, so weird celebrity rumors. Well, we'll take, we can talk more about these uh, uh, the the next time because uh, there's there's plenty more out there. But now I'm oh, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm on the hunt to find uh, the truth about uh, Kelsey Lowen. I have to. There find you go. Out oh the yeah, truth. break it wide open. We have to investigate Disney, don't you think? We need to investigate Disney and just yeah. See, I want to know what happened to Lindsay's. I mean, twin. good luck, good luck getting in there. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it, and if you go back and you watch, I don't know how anybody could think that there really was a, like a real twin sister. Have you watched the Parent Trap? Because the effects aren't all that great. Like it's so clearly her. <laughs> yeah. 
It's not like the, oh my god, the special effects are so good that there really has to be a twist. It wasn't like what they did in like Dead Ringers, where it really looked like, you know, like in, in the new Dead Ringers with Rachel Weiss. I mean, the effects are so amazing yeah, yeah. that it looked like Rachel Weiss <laughs> was in the same room. I can understand that and, you know, start a rumor about that. Rachel Weiss has had a... Has had a twin sister hidden in the closet and brought her out just for the <laughs> brought her out just. <laughs> this for the is what they've been waiting for. <laughs> they've only been waiting for forty five years for this to happen. So, <laughs> oh my God! All right, well, all right, we'll talk more about that and uh, and a lot more uh, as we're able to stay cool over the next uh, few days. Yeah, same. It's, same it's going to gonna be bad. Have a lovely uh, have a lovely weekend. And if you and if you if you if you're free, if you're not watching all that amazing shit on Tubi, including the Turkish right. Exorcist. <laughs> Give telemarketers a shot because I think you'll really, I think you'll really. Yeah. Enjoy it. Uh, yeah the next time, good. the next time we speak, the lovely Amy Guth is going to be my guest. Um, Very nice. She'll talk about the progress that she's making while she's making a movie, and she's still uh, on the road all over the place. Uh, and I think she's going to give me more information about some of the weird Airbnbs. She's been staying at a lot of Airbnbs lately, Esmeralda. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can be a a weird thing. I mean, when yeah. you were in, weren't you in in Mexico when there was like a giant, there were giant bugs or something in your? Um, in your I mean, Airbnb? when you're in a tropical area. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what was it? Was it a giant roach? A big? Uh, it was a. There was a scorpion. Oh, scorpion! Oh god! Yeah. Oh god! That's right. It was a scorpion. <laughs> oh god! That's terrifying. Oh well. Anyway, I'll see if Amy is. Uh, had any encounters with a scorpion we'll talk yeah. about that uh and my thanks to uh jim ryan for uh for uh for talking about music and all kinds of cool stuff my thanks to you for listening you want to be a sponsor you got to advertise with us by the way we have a sponsor esmeralda coming soon Ooh, uh we have cool. a sponsor uh we'll be we'll uh, you'll be hearing you'll be hearing a commercial very very soon on this on this very podcast that's coming up. And if you want to be a part of that, please do. It's sales at radiomisfits.com. Uh, you want to be a part of the Nick D Podcast, voicemail system is open 24-7, 773-417-6948. Email us anytime you want, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Check out my Saturday Night Live podcast. That show hasn't been funny in years. New episodes every Wednesday. Jason Skaggs does all the music. Rate and review us on every platform. Spread the word. Thank you to Ed at Radio Misfits. And Esmeralda, thank you to you. Yeah, thank you. We'll talk to you next time here on the Nick D Podcast. The wind is red right on me.